0: Welcome to Lake Church. We're glad to see all you beautiful faces here tonight. Um, I'd like to give a shout out to our online audience. <laughs> we are glad that you have found us. Um, guys look us up on Facebook, share it so we can get the word out to more people so they can find us too. Um, so I'd like have the announcements for tonight. Um, first off, oh my goodness we have these books from our awesome pastor. Um, they are in the bookstore, or you could also get them on Amazon. Um, train. I will say I have not read it yet, <laughs> but it is. And then we have Secret World. And if you have been in the sermon series that he's done on both of these subjects, amazing. And in, the, in what we're living in right now, we, we need to know this stuff. So you guys um, pick them up if you haven't already. Awesome Christmas presents, guys. Okay. And also, um, we have a Sunday night school coming up starting in 2022 um, in Area 51, the new Youth Ministries building, starting at 6 p.m. The first is going to be an in depth study class. January the 9th is Disclosure, unveiling current events with teachings similar to the Truth Revelation, if you've heard that, Um, Babel and the Reigning in the System of the Beast. January the 30th will be Flow, understanding the ministry, motives, moves of the holy spirit and guys we all need this so um plan to be there also we have um praying bible college um and we are starting a new semester after we come back from from our christmas break i think um january the third january the third so if you have not signed up check us out also oh, i'm excited about this Um, we have these little cards john ramirez um, evangelist is going to be here in february Um, he is an ex satanic high priest Um, and guys this is going to be awesome so if you have not reserved your seat please do so there's three different churches that are coming together to do this so i think we're going to fill up really fast Um, they have said that we will have overflow but please get your tickets in and get that reserved We have also an offering coming up um, for our Christmas offering. It will be, yeah, there you go, (laughs) Wait, December the 22nd. Let's see here. Yeah, we're taking these up December the 22nd. Kevin, is that right? Okay. All right, next Wednesday night, so I want you... You guys pray about it see what god would have you to give um, this goes into the church to help with many different things um the running of the church um, i don't know what all it covers but it is very important so just don't throw something in there pray about it seek the lord about it and see what he would have you to give on that okay so also i'd like to announce that we are Mills for missions is still selling candy boxes tonight Sunday will be the last day we'll be selling those and all those proceeds go towards missions Um, the big candy boxes are 15 and then we have some smaller things for five and three also we have the popcorn which is five dollars each and then also um, we are trying to raise money to buy a van for the Dominican Republic Um, I was there this summer and I got to see the basketball ministry in person And the work that they're doing with these guys i think they haul in like a hundred plus kids and if this guy is doing this in his own vehicle he's even paid taxi cabs to take these kids home sometimes and these kids some of these kids live in the streets some of them don't have homes and they are making a big impact on these kids these boys come in thinking they're playing basketball but before they leave they're receiving the word and so we really need to support this ministry and so again pray about it see what god would have you to do in that situation um offering woohoo wait (laughs) um you can give in three different ways there's an envelope on the seat back behind you you can go online lake-church.com and click the giving tab or you can um text to give (laughs) sorry guys my brain just froze there for a minute you can text to give and so that's it just um i'm going to pray for the offering and i think the bucks will be at the back you can drop them in there on your way out and then i'm going to turn it over to pastor kevin okay precious heavenly father we just thank you father for this this christmas season father and just for your son that you sent for us father that that we don't have to any longer live under the law of sin and death but that we can live free in you father And we just pray for the the gift and the giver. We pray for the offering, Father, that you will take it and you will multiply it, that you will use it for the advancement of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. I
1: got one. (laughs) Well, Good evening, Lake Church. Good to see everybody tonight. Excited to be in the house of the Lord? Amen. Well, let's just stand. Let's just begin to exalt him and just enter into the awareness of his presence tonight you know i say the awareness of his presence because he's already here amen Amen. we're not asking him to come in fact i know he's here because when i walked in i brought him with me so hallelujah let's just begin to acknowledge his presence father we give you praise tonight we thank you so much for your goodness we thank you father god For all that you've done for us, Father God. We thank you for your great love with which you loved us, Father God. That even though we were dead in our trespasses, you have made us alive together with Christ. We thank you for it, Father God. Oh, we thank you that you raised us up together with him. And made us to sit together with him in heavenly places. We thank you for it, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Father, for Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice, for the blood... In the body that he offered in our place to redeem us out of sin and out of the hand of the enemy. Thank you so much, Father God. Oh, we thank you, Father, that you sent the helper in his place. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for being here to lead and guide us into all truth, to teach us, to comfort us, to show us things to come, to take the things of Christ and to reveal them to us and make them real to us tonight. Hallelujah we thank you father God you are worthy to be praised (laughs) You are worthy to be praised. We give you glory We give you glory tonight father God. There's nothing We could never do it enough father God we could never praise you enough We could never offer a sacrifice of praise that's worthy of you father God Oh, we give you glory. Thank you, Lord Oh, we just ask that you give us a spirit of wisdom tonight and revelation Hallelujah. In the knowledge of Jesus, transform us tonight in our thinking. Transform us tonight in our attitudes so that we can more accurately represent Jesus in the earth. Hallelujah. We just humble ourselves to you tonight, Father God. We just humble ourselves before you tonight, Father God. We come to open your word and to take of the bread of life tonight. Oh, we thank you, Father God. Oh, Jesus, we thank you that you said whoever eats of this bread will never hunger. And whoever drinks of your spirit will never thirst again, Father God. We thank you for it. Hallelujah. We give you praise. We give you praise. We give you glory tonight, Father. Oh, we thank you, Father, that in him... We live (laughs) In him we live We thank you Father God Oh I know there's people out here um, Maybe not in this building But people are struggling in their health tonight I just declare an infusion of the life of God tonight into their bodies I just declare an infusion of divine life into their bodies right now in the name of Jesus Oh, that they would be brought into a state of perfect health tonight, Father, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I just encourage you, declare that over your body. If you've been sick, struggling in your body, just declare that by the stripes of Jesus, you're healed. Just declare that you are releasing an infusion of divine life into your body right now, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. We give you glory for it, Father God. We give you praise. Thank you, Jesus hallelujah we thank you that life the light of life drives out all darkness and death in jesus name hallelujah hallelujah thank you lord thank you lord we give you praise we just come to commune with you together tonight father oh we thank you for your presence in this place oh we thank you i just declare right now father god as we begin to To just talk about your word That healing just comes upon people That healing just springs forth from their spirit And makes their body whole I thank you that as we speak forth the word tonight, Father God That people will just realize they're feeling better in their body That symptoms are leaving Just by the presence of God By the glory of God We just thank you for it, Father Hallelujah. We just give you glory. We honor you. Hallelujah. Oh, without your anointing, it's just a, people, a bunch of people gathered together in a building. But with your anointing, this place is a, a place of heaven on earth, place of heaven crashing into the earth realm and your will being done. Father God, in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Glory to God. You can be seated. Thank you, Jesus. Well, getting our Bibles here. I've been talking about the arrival, and uh, really I had this... This idea based on the season that we're in, you know, um, although in reality Jesus wasn't born in December, the world celebrates Christmas and, you know, I've said over the last couple of weeks that you can observe Christmas and never even consider Christ. So, I really, in these messages on Wednesday night in December, I really just wanted to, to go from the birth event of Christ and just talk about the meaning behind why he came and the benefits to us in him coming, becoming one of us, becoming a man. You know, we talked about that first week out of John chapter 1, that the Bible says the Word, that's the pre existent Son of God that was with God. And was God Before I'm talking about before the world This earth was ever formed He was with God And he was God And the word became flesh And dwelt among us And we talked about how that God himself Became a man For the purpose of redemption And that it was necessary That he become a man In order to be able to redeem us We talked about the uh, qualifications of a redeemer, that they had to be a family member, and they had to be able to pay the debt, and they had to be willing to pay the debt. And we talked about all that stuff and how that Jesus redeemed us from our sin. Not only our sins, but the sin that we received as a descendant of Adam, the original sin, that sin nature that Jesus came in that redemptive blood broke the dominion of sin off of our life. Not only was our penalty for sin paid, but the power of sin over our life has been broken by the sacrifice of Jesus because he died with our sin, but he was raised up to newness of life, no longer bearing our sin, but now bearing the glory of God as a man. And he ascended and was seated at the right hand of God as our representative now on, from now on. And so we can say, as he is, so are we in this world. Amen. And so that redemption plan that God had before the ages, he has fulfilled it and provided it for us and has perfectly redeemed us back to God. But, you know, that was just a means to an end. That wasn't the end in and of itself. And that's what I talked about last week, is that so many believers have had this idea that redemption is simply, simply the forgiveness of our sins so that we can go to heaven when we die. And that is, not, that is absolutely not it at all. The redemptive plan... Was more than that It wasn't just to get our sins forgiven So that we could get to heaven But that it was actually So that God could get heaven in us Oh and the purpose of the incarnation Which was the word becoming flesh God becoming a man The whole purpose of that The whole purpose of the incarnation Was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit got to get that. His cleansing us from sin was so that he could prepare us as a temple for the Holy Spirit so that the Holy Spirit can now come and indwell every person who's been born again, who's been born of God, who's been born of heaven, who's been born of his spirit and become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The very spirit of God has come to live on the inside of us. And Jesus himself told his disciples the night before he was crucified that it would be to our advantage that he go away, because if he didn't go, the Holy Spirit couldn't come. He said, but if I go, I'll send him to you. He's been with you, but he shall be in you, and he'll be in you forever. Amen, Amen. and we talked about how that, you know, um, his indwelling us was redeeming back what Adam lost when God created him. Remember in Genesis chapter two, when God formed man and then he breathed into him the breath of lives. And so when Adam and uh, Eve partook of the tree, you know God had told them if in the day you eat of it you shall die. And we know that Adam lived 900 and some years after that, so it wasn't talking about God wasn't talking about you'll die physically, but he died spiritually. That breath of life, the pneuma the the numa of God, the spirit of God, See, God didn't, wasn't breathing oxygen into Adam. He was breathing his spirit into Adam. And when Adam and Eve partook of that fruit, the spirit of God went back to heaven. And they were living just based on their senses. They were not living in full communion and fellowship with God any longer. They lost that. But how many of you know that when Jesus died on the cross... And our sins were able to be forgiven. We were cleansed. We were sanctified. We were sanctified. Man, whenever they built the temple for God, the tabernacle, it had to be sanctified with blood before God's spirit could come into the tabernacle. And that's a picture of you and that's a picture of me, that when we believe on Jesus, the blood of Christ is applied to our life and we are are sanctified. That means set apart. That means cleansed, purified as a temple for the living God, the Spirit of God to come and indwell us and make us a living tabernacle for God on the earth. Amen? Hallelujah. So, the purpose of Jesus' redemption in the incarnation was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And we talked about those two different administrations of the grace of God through the Holy Spirit. First, the indwelling, which I've been talking about. And that was so that God could work in us and transform us. This is actually the very life, nature, character of God imparted to us so that we could be transformed and we could take on the divine nature, the divine character, that we could be conformed to the image of God's Son. Oh, man, so that he could begin to work within us and Tammy said earlier that he in her prayers she mentioned the law of sin and death that we could be freed from it well we weren't just listen we weren't just freed from the law of sin and death but we had the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus imparted to us now we we are free from the law of sin and death by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus now we are living by a new law the law that the spirit of God indwells us and by his grace lives through us and works out the perfect nature and character and will of God in our life amen amen Yeah, he didn't just Jesus told me said i'm not just going to leave you as orphans See if he just freed us from the law of sin and death and left us as orphans We would be left to just trying to live for god by the strength of our own flesh And we would fail completely because your flesh still has the remnants of the sin nature in it Your flesh is still in rebellion to god The wonderful thing is the Holy Spirit has come to indwell us now. And the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus makes you free from the law of sin and death. That's why the purpose of the incarnation was the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. And not only that, not only the Spirit within, but the Spirit upon the believer. That's the second administration of the grace of God through the Holy Spirit is now we can be clothed. Luke said it like this, endowed with power from on high. <laughs> oh, man. Endowed with power. From on high, the very power that Christ used to raise the dead, to open blind eyes, to cause the lame to walk, to cleanse the leper, to cast out devils, is the same power that you can be clothed with, same power you can be endued with from on high through the Holy Spirit. And you know, these two are related. You can't have the second till you have the first. When you're born again, the moment you're born again, the Holy Spirit comes to live on the inside of you. And then you qualify for the second administration of the grace of God, which is the Holy Spirit upon you. But listen, he doesn't come down from heaven. He's already here. What happens is he comes forth from within you as you begin to yield to him on... Oh, man. As you begin to yield to him on the inside... He, he begins to come out of your mouth in unknown languages and he gets all over you. <laughs> it's kind of like this cup. If I took that bottle and I just poured, poured into it, it's got water in it. That's like the spirit within and it's a well I can drink from. But if I kept pouring till it ran over the... Come on now. Then it's all over it. And that's the other administration of the grace of God with the Holy Spirit is he can get all over you. And when he's all over you, he can get on somebody else. (laughs) Oh, when he's all over me, I can touch somebody else and he gets on them. Hallelujah. So then we're able to be effective witnesses in the world because as we minister to the Lord in uh, the Holy Ghost, he gets all over us. Hallelujah. We edify ourselves by speaking in other tongues and we get the Holy Ghost all over us. Amen. Then we can go out to the world and we can edify the people. Amen. Yes. Amen. In fact, Smith Wigglesworth talked about that. He said every morning he would pray in tongues for, for a couple hours and edify himself in the Holy Ghost. And then he would go out and edify the people and saw amazing I'm talking about 20-plus people raised from the dead under his ministry. And what was he, late 1800s, early 1900s, I think? So just 100 years ago, or somebody was walking in that kind of power. I'm telling you, it's available to anybody who will do what Smith Wigglesworth did. Because <laughs> you don't have a different kind of Holy Spirit. you got the exact same Holy Spirit that Smith had. Smith had the exact same Holy Spirit that Jesus had. That's the same Holy Spirit that you have is the same Holy Spirit that Jesus had and that he told his followers, I'll send him to you. Oh, my goodness. It's amazing to think about, you know, Jesus said, because most people would say, I would love it if Jesus was here in his physical body. Man, if Jesus was just here, every, every problem that I have could be solved if Jesus was just here, every sickness that I ever encounter could just be healed instantly. Every problem that I have could be solved. Every circumstance that I come up against could be taken care of. Listen, you have something better. Man, we got to get that through our heads. We've got something better. Why? Because if Jesus was here in his physical body, and like I said last week, I think he'd be at Lake Church a lot. But if he was here, he couldn't be on the other side of the world. <laughs> and if he was over in Israel, he couldn't be here with us. And even think about in the, in the you know, late hours of the night when you've needed the Lord at times. And I think he would visit my house a lot. But if he was at my house, he couldn't be at your house. Oh, but the thing about the Holy Spirit is now he can indwell the believer and you can have him in you and with you 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365. There's never a moment in your life that you are ever apart from God through the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of us. Man, we just don't realize what we've got. You know, because after the arrival of the Word becoming flesh... We had the arrival of the Holy Spirit dwelling on the inside of the believer. Man. Hallelujah. And I really didn't finish everything that I wanted to talk about last week. But, um, so I want to touch on a, a few more things about the Holy Spirit that I didn't say last week. And then kind of move on into what I had on my heart for tonight. <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit bears witness to the redemptive work of Jesus. In other words, he reveals it to us. And he doesn't just reveal it to us, he makes it real to us. Oh, man. (laughs) The Holy Spirit reveals to us the redemptive work of Jesus and then he makes it real to us when we respond to it with faith. So the Holy Spirit, I shared with you the first week that there were three things Jesus redeemed us from. Number one, at least I said I did. I think Rebecca said I never finished it. But (laughs) number one is Jesus redeemed our innocence to us. Man, that's 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 a powerful revelation. The Holy Spirit redeemed our innocence to us. Look at Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10. You wouldn't think so, but there's a lot of people who haven't fully embraced this truth to the degree that we should to um, absolutely take advantage of what he's made possible. Do you know that because of this right here, the fact that God, uh, Jesus, redeemed our innocence to us in the sight of God, that we can have boldness to enter the holiest place. That's what Hebrews ten nineteen says. We can have boldness to enter the holiest place by the blood of Jesus. You know that word boldness? You know what it means? It means freedom of speech. That means because no matter what's going on in your life, you have the ability to walk right into the very presence of God and have freedom to just speak to God whatever is going on. And I'm telling you, you know, he has the ability to handle whatever is going on in your life. In fact, whatever is going on in your heart, he already knows anyway. But because of the redemptive power of the blood of Jesus, we have access to God. Man. So look at Hebrews 10 and verse 14. And in Hebrews 10, he's comparing the sacrifice of Jesus to the sacrifices that were made under the law. And if you know anything about those, there were five different sacrifices. And these sacrifices went on constantly. I mean, it was just a constant bloodletting of sacrifices unto God. And this says here in verse 14. By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. We know he's not talking about in our actions. (laughs) He's talking about our position in the sight of God. By one offering, he has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. The word sanctified means set apart. So that just means... That when you believe on Jesus, his sacrifice is imputed to you. It's charged to your account. What he did in paying the price for your sins is charged to your account. And he met every legal demand of the courts of heaven that were against us because of our sin. He met and fulfilled every obligation that we had to him because of it. Jesus met it. And the Bible says in the book of Romans that we are justified by faith in what he did in his redemptive work. And the word justified means a verdict is rendered of not guilty. (laughs) I don't think you got that. A verdict. And here's the thing about this verdict is it's actually you were guilty But he renders a verdict of not guilty on your behalf because of what Jesus has done for you. And the Bible says you are justified in his sight by the redemption, the blood payment that is in Christ Jesus. And it goes on and says he's the satisfaction. Oh, my goodness. You know what that means? The Father is completely satisfied because of the sacrifice of Jesus. That means he's not, he's not mad about it. He's satisfied. What's satisfied? His wrath is satisfied. Man, just let that settle in. You're declared innocent in the sight of God. He says, for by one offering... He has perfected forever those who are being sanctified. Now check this out. The Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. So not only the word tells us this here, but the Holy Spirit is inspiring this word, and he will confirm this word in you as you read it, that it's the truth. If you would sit and meditate on the truths of God's Word, that's what revelation, I was thinking about this earlier today, revelation, knowledge, you know what it is? It's when you take the information of the Word of God and you begin to meditate on it, and it becomes a revealed word to you. Yeah. That's, that's what that is. It's the Holy Spirit bearing witness to it that it's the truth. That's what revelation knowledge is. It's when you take the information that's written in this book and you begin to meditate on it, then the Holy Spirit says, yes! (laughs) The Holy Spirit says, yes, that's the truth, and you see it. And it's then that you can act on that truth and have the benefit of what it says. Oh, it's then that you can walk right into the presence of God with no sense of guilt or inferiority and that you can stand in the presence of the devil himself without any sense of inferiority. You can stand in the presence of the devil himself as a master. But if you don't have the revelation, if the Holy Spirit has not but the Holy Spirit wants to bear witness to these truths to you of what Jesus has accomplished on your behalf. You have to take it into yourself. And so he bears witness to our innocence. He says, the Holy Spirit also witnesses to us. For after he said before, and he quotes the Old Testament, this is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their hearts and in their minds I'll write them. Then he adds, their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. I used to read that and think, oh, God just doesn't remember them. It's not like, it's not that he don't remember them like, I don't remember where I put my car keys. (laughs) No, it's way better than that. It's that he doesn't remember them against you. Why? Because he's just. It is just. It would be unjust. Let me say it like this. It would be unjust for him to remember your sins against you when Jesus was condemned for them. Oh. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit is bearing witness to this truth. He goes on in verse 18. He says, Now where there's remission of these, there's no longer an offering, offering for sin. You know what he's saying? There's none needed. <laughs> There's none needed. Yeah. That's why Jesus made one offering for all sin, for all men, for all time. In one offering, when he hung on the cross, his arms stretched out to the east and to the west, he retroactively covered every sin that had ever been committed, and he proactively covered every sin that ever would be committed. As he, as he hung suspended between heaven and earth... He reconciled in one sacrifice all men to God. Oh, man. Mm. Jesus redeemed our innocence. You know, in the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve had no sense. They had no consciousness of sin. That's what I'm saying. They had no consciousness of sin. I'm telling you, sin consciousness will steal your confidence not only in God in the presence of God but in the presence of the devil I'm gonna say that again sin consciousness will steal your confidence not only in the presence of God but also in the presence of the devil you know E.W. Kenyon I was reading uh, from the from the cross to the throne What happened from the cross to the throne And he was talking about the fact that Jesus You know everything Jesus did He didn't do it as God He did it as man Because we, were to, we are to replicate Everything that Jesus did And if he did it as God There's no way we could do it There's no way he could tell us He would be unjust to command us To do things That we were not capable of doing Jesus wasn't just an example for us. He was an example of us, an example of the new creation believer, of our potential that we have as a new creation believer, born again, born of God, filled and dwelt by the very Holy Spirit. And Jesus, you know, he never sinned. He didn't have the sin nature. He wasn't born of Adam. We talked about that the first week. He was born of a virgin, and he had no, none of the nature of sin that came from Adam, okay? He had a human nature, but he didn't have the Adamic nature. So Jesus had, and he never sinned, so he had no sin consciousness whatsoever, which is exactly, oh man, you gotta get this. This is exactly why Jesus could go to the tomb of Lazarus who had been there for four days. And his sister said, Lord, by he said, roll away the stone. She said, his body stinks by now. He's been in there for four days. And there were people all around watching to see what he was gonna do. There were, I mean, he he had no sense of, not being able to do what he was about to do. Why? Because he had no sin consciousness stealing away his confidence. And he stood at the tomb of Lazarus who had been dead for four days and he said, Lazarus, come forth. Yes, amen. And the reason that we don't operate in that level of authority and power is because sin consciousness is ministering to us A a lack of ability and a lack of confidence in the presence of God and in the presence of the devil. But the Holy Spirit wants to give you that kind of confidence. The word says right here that he is bearing witness to the fact that by one offering, he has perfected forever those who are sanctified. And you're sanctified by faith, by grace through faith in Jesus' sacrifice that was made for you. So the second thing is he redeemed our identity. We were created to be sons of God. We were created to be sons made in his image and in his likeness. We were created to be able to perfectly Represent God in the earth realm. God's a spirit, okay? But He created us, physical, natural human beings, to live in this natural, physical realm to represent Him perfectly. You were custom designed by God with the ability to perfectly represent the nature and the character and the power of Almighty God in the earth. That's how we were designed God designed you with the ability to be a conduit from heaven to earth The very fact that you have a spirit a soul and a physical body Show you that god's intent was that you would be a conduit from the spiritual realm into the physical realm That you would be able to take what's spiritual and make it manifest in the physical realm Oh, man When Adam and Eve sinned and the Holy Spirit was taken away from them, their identity was lost. They were no longer able to perfectly represent God in the earth and be manifested as a son of God. You know, Jesus proved that it was possible. Man, he said, if you've seen me, come on. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Jesus showed us that humanity has the ability to perfectly represent divinity. Yes. We're not gods, I'm not saying that. But I'm saying that we were designed as human beings with a spirit to be a container of the Holy Spirit who is able to operate through us and cause us to be a perfect representation of of God in the earth. How many believers don't even think that, that that's even in the realm? Myself included. <laughs> we don't look at ourselves as perfectly redeemed in our identity. But did you know the Holy Spirit is trying to bear witness to that to you? He's trying to, He's trying to make that. Most people think that the Holy Spirit... Uh, His main ministry is just to get on your case I see people shaking their head yes That the Holy Spirit Is basically just bearing witness to our sins all the time That isn't even There is one scripture that says He convicts of sin And it says he convicts the world Of sin The sin of unbelief Because they believe not in me but for, the minute, but for his ministry to the believer, listen, I'm not telling you he won't warn you of things to come. If you're heading in the wrong directions, I'm not saying he won't say, don't go that way. But he is not getting on your case. He's trying to bring a revelation to you so that you can live in it and walk in it. Look at Romans chapter 8. <clears throat> he is bearing witness to the fact that Jesus redeemed your true identity because here's the thing if any man is in Christ he is a new creation the old is passed away and behold listen to this we we just say these verses and we don't think all things have become new and then the next verse, you know what it says? And all things are of God. As a new creation, the reason that's true is because when, I'm bo- when you're born again, you become one spirit with him. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17. If any man has joined himself to the Lord, he is one spirit with him. And listen, your body is not the real you. Your body is just a vehicle. The real you is not even your soul. Your soul is your mind, your will, and emotions. It's your attitudes. It's the way you think. It's the way you feel. But the real you is the Spirit. The Spirit is what lives forever. And if you have joined yourself to the Lord, you are one Spirit with Him. You know what that tells me? That I'm not even, that my spirit isn't even uh, like his. It's not even similar to his. (laughs) But I have been made one, one spirit with him. And that word one means one to the exclusion of another, if you look it up in the Greek. One to the exclusion of another. That's why Paul says you died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. The old man passed away. I was crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life I now live, I live by the faith of the Son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. My old identity was put to death on the cross with Christ. I need to awaken to the new identity of who I am in him. And the Holy Spirit is trying to bear witness to that truth so that you will believe it because your identity is the primary driving factor of your life. What you believe about yourself is is exactly the way you live your life. What I believe about me is exactly the way that I live my life. In fact, I cannot break past the barrier of what I believe about myself. We say that about all kinds of things. We know it's true. We say you can't have any more than what you believe for. Well, it's true about you. You can't be any different than what you believe yourself to be. Proverbs says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. The Holy Spirit wants to bear witness to the truth. And the truth is not just talking about a list of what's right and what's wrong. Truth is a person. Truth is your identity in Christ as revealed through the gospel. Man, I need to write that down. I've never said that that way before. (laughs) Truth is your identity in Christ as revealed through the word of God, as revealed in the gospel. And the Holy Spirit is trying to bear witness to that truth. It says in Romans 8, verse 15, For you did not receive the spirit of bondage, again to fear, but you received the spirit of adoption, by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. I'm telling you what, when Jesus called God Father, the religious people of his day said he was of the devil. (laughs) because they didn't know God as Father. Why? Their true identity as a son of God made in his image and his likeness was lost in the Garden of Eden. But in the Garden of Gethsemane, Jesus began a process to redeem our true identity back to us as sons of God made in his image and in his likeness. And the devil wants to obscure that truth from your heart. From, your, from being a revelation to you, see that you can act on it. But the Holy Spirit, he says, now we cry out, Abba, Father. We can say like Jesus said, God is my Father. And it's not just a, a principle. It's, tr- it's literal. You know, John chapter 1 says, As many as received him, he gave the right to become children of God. To those who were born, not of the will of man, the will of flesh, or of blood, but of God. Mm. When you accept Christ, you are born of God. Man. And the Holy Spirit's trying to make, to reveal that to you and make that real to you. He says in verse 16, the Spirit himself, here it is, bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So, is, have we read, a, neither one of those scriptures says the Holy Spirit's getting on my case. It says he bears witness that I was perfected forever by one offering that Jesus made on my behalf. It says here that he bears witness with my spirit that I'm a child of God. Hallelujah! You know, without the Holy Spirit, you couldn't know. He is the very fact that you know proves that you have taken that truth, believed it, and the Holy Spirit said yes. (laughs) He is bearing witness to the truth that you are a child of God. So the third thing that Jesus redeemed to us is our inheritance. So our innocence, our identity and our inheritance. The very next verse says, If we're children, then we're heirs. We're heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. Suffering is the process that we go through to reveal what's on the inside of us. Testing. Testing, we don't test people You know, like in the Bible school, I think about this. We give them tests, and we're not trying to make them fail. (laughs) We're trying to show them what they've learned. You see what I'm saying? The suffering comes from the enemy to destroy us, but the very same suffering that he sends to destroy the believer actually purifies us and reveals to us who we truly are. But this inheritance is a joint heirship with Christ. You know, the awesome thing about joint heirs, it's not that he gets 50% and I get 50%. (laughs) Joint heirship is we have the same inheritance. Man, think about that. Whatever Jesus inherited from the Father, that's what belongs to you. Whatever Jesus' inheritance is, you share in that same inheritance. No wonder, he said, he's made us kings and priests under God and we shall reign with him on the earth. His inheritance is our inheritance. Because of our union with him, We share the same inheritance. And the Holy Spirit is trying to bear witness to this truth that everything that belongs to Jesus belongs to you. In fact, the use of his name is a manifestation of this. We use his name like a power of attorney. We're, we have the authority to execute his will on earth on his behalf. Man, he's the head, we're the body. The head's in heaven, the bodies on earth here to execute his will for him on the earth. And he hasn't withheld anything from us. We're fully supplied. Look at John chapter 16. This is before Jesus died on the cross and he was just telling his disciples about the Holy Spirit. Look at uh, John 16 and verse 12. He says, I still have many things to say to you, but you can't bear them now. You know what that tells me? There were things that jesus didn't reveal everything to his disciples he just said there's many more things i want to say to you but i can't you can't bear them right now why they didn't have the spirit of god he says however when he the spirit of truth has come see they couldn't bear them because they didn't have the holy spirit there to bear witness to that being the truth You know, he told them plainly that he was going to die (laughs) and be raised again, and they had no idea. It just went right over their head. They didn't have the ability to perceive spiritual things. The natural man doesn't perceive things of the Spirit. He says, "...however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth, for he will not speak on his own authority." But whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you things to come. So there's things that were to come that the Holy Spirit was going to reveal to them that Jesus hadn't revealed yet. Mm. He says in verse 14, He will glorify me, for he will take what is mine and declare it to you. Now listen to this. Verse 15, all things, how many things? All things that the Father has are mine. We don't have a problem with that. That's everything that the Father has is Jesus, right? Everything the Father has belongs to Jesus. All things that the Father has are mine has are mine. Therefore I said to you, He will take what is mine and declare it to you. That means everything that the Father has was inherited by Jesus and everything that Jesus has is inherited by you. Oh man, I, I'm not even going to begin to try and go into what that would all be. <laughs> Let me just say it like this, it is good. <laughs> I would just say everything he is and everything he has and everything he could do belongs to you. In fact, when I was studying this several years ago, I was looking in the original Greek, and it doesn't say to. The word T-O there, he will declare it to you, is not in the Greek. So it actually says he will declare it you. (laughs) I don't think, uh, Jesse got it. I know Jesse got it. He will take what is mine and declare it you. Oh, (laughs) <laughs> this is the ministry of the Holy Spirit this is the whole purpose for the word becoming flesh so that he could redeem us and we could have the Holy Spirit That's right. oh man and we have to let me just say this I have... I'm just not getting where I wanted to go but let me ask you this why this great investment in us that's a great investment everything that the father has is Jesus and everything that Jesus has is ours that he has invested within us the very spirit of God and gave us the ability to be clothed and endued with power by the very Holy Spirit of God why this great investment? well let me tell you this Uh, for all the charismatics out there it's not so that you can feel something it's so that you can fulfill something. Yeah, good, yeah. The Holy Spirit was not given to us to feel something. It was given He was given to us to fulfill something. That there is a calling on the church. In this age, we are called to be doing certain things. And this life that we are living in this age that we live in, this age with the Holy Spirit has been invested in us, is, a, is preparation for another arrival that I think we don't think about enough. But listen, this current age that we're living in is about 2,000 years now. And we are coming closer and closer to a second arrival of Jesus. But he's not coming to die on a cross. He's coming to rule and reign over all of the nations. And our life and our ministry should be preparation for the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. We should have an anticipation that inspires our preparation. You know, I was thinking about this. Before Jesus' first coming, you know, they had had these prophecies that the Messiah was coming, all these promises that were in the Word. And I'm telling you that when it came, the fullness of time came uh, for the Word to become flesh. I think a lot of people were probably Uh, let me say, um, they had forgotten the promises of God. They had become indifferent about the arrival of the Messiah. But I was just reading, there was a man named Simeon. And he was a prophet. And when Jesus was born and brought to the temple to be dedicated, he was anticipating, oh man, He had an attitude of anticipation, waiting. Uh, That word waiting, it actually says he was waiting on the consolation of Israel, which is talking about the Messiah. And I was looking at that word waiting in the Greek, and it means actively waiting, expecting, waiting with expectation, anticipation. And it caused him to be seeking the Lord so greatly that the Holy Spirit, he actually said that the Holy Spirit had revealed to him that he wasn't going to die before his eyes were laid upon the Savior. Oh, my goodness. He was so filled with expectation of the arrival of the Messiah that he was seeking the Lord and the Holy Spirit had revealed to him, you're not going to die until you see him with your physical eyes. In fact, he took Jesus and he said, "I I I can go to the grave now. My eyes have beheld the glory. Oh, man. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, He's coming again. I, I just really sense the Lord saying, we got to get in an attitude of anticipation. You know, if a king, he, he's coming back as a king. If we, <laughs> man, think about the President of the United States. I don't care which one. But if a president of the United States, doesn't matter, was coming to town, there would be a lot of preparation being made for his arrival. Man, there would be a lot of preparation. There would be a lot of things done to, to prepare for his arrival. And the King of Kings and the lord of lords his return is drawing closer and closer and closer and our preparation is really a couple of things it's seeking this ministry of the holy spirit so that we can be transformed seeking to grow spiritually through discipleship that we are become more and more conformed to the nature and the character of god and to be endued with power from on high so that we can go forth and we can set the captives free and that we can bring people into the kingdom of God. You know what? The, when we exercise that power of the Holy Spirit upon us, you know what we're doing? We are giving evidence of the kingdom of God. Jesus said this, he said, if I cast out a devil, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Anytime a miracle's done, we're given evidence of the presence of the kingdom of heaven on the earth. We're given evidence of it. Every time we lay hands on the sick and they recover, every time we cast out a devil, every time we do any of those works of the Lord, we are giving evidence not only of the presence of the kingdom of God, but of its superiority over the kingdom of darkness. And it gives people hope. It doesn't give them faith, but it gives them hope that they can be a part of that eternal kingdom that's just been manifested in their their presence. You know, but we gotta get that attitude of expectation. Man, if you knew that he was coming tomorrow, What would we, you know, think about it. This is what uh, anticipation inspires preparation. we got to think about that. You know, the very fact that he came the first time should feed our expectation that he's coming the second time. The fact that God fulfilled his promises in the Old Testament that he would come and he came should help to, to assure you that he is coming again and coming soon. 2,000 years. On the day of Pentecost, when Peter preached, he said, in the last days. Well, listen, if those were the last days, we're in the last of the last days. <laughs> and if that bothers you or makes you fearful then you need to come up and see these ministers afterward because <laughs> you need to be prepared. But uh, if you're already prepared, then that is a, it causes a rejoicing. Amen? Amen. 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 You was know, the same when, uh, when the arrival of the Holy Spirit was, was coming closer. I was thinking about this as well, that the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15 that Jesus had appeared to 500 people at one time and that had to be when he ascended back to heaven he was on on the mountain and all of his disciples were there and they saw him ascend back to heaven but before he went he said stay here until the promise of the father comes the Holy Spirit but do you know just a few verses later it says there were 120 think about that there were 500 in the 8th verse in the 15th verse 7 verses later there was 120 waiting expectantly anticipating the arrival of the Holy Spirit man Jesus said this I'll close with this in Luke chapter 12 he said let your waist be girded And your lamp burning. He said, Let your waist be girded and your lamp burning. You know what that means? Be prepared for action, but be watchful at the same time. That's what we got to be, church. That's what we got to be. Girding of the waist is preparing to do something. And at the same time that we're prepared for action, which means we're going forth with the gospel. We're doing the works of the ministry. At the same time, we need to have our lamp burning, which means we're watchful in anticipation of the return of the king. Amen. Amen. <laughs> of the return of the king. The soon again. I remember whenever I was little, they sang this church, they sang this song in church, soon and very soon. We're going to see the king. Soon and very soon, we're going to see the king. I can hear them singing it now, but I'm not going to do it. (laughs) And then they said, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. We're going to see the king. Oh, my goodness. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's a promise. We're going to see the king. But that also makes me think, I got a lot of preparation to do. Amen. God bless you guys. There's going to be ministers up front here. If you have any need whatsoever, I want you to come up and and be ministered to by them. If you need to make Jesus the Lord of your life, if you need to rededicate your life to the Lord, make a new commitment to following after him through discipleship, I want you to do that if you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit if you never spoke with other tongues I'm telling you, you're missing out on one of the biggest parts of what Jesus came to do was to fill us to overflowing with the Holy Spirit so that we could be endued with power from on high if you are dealing with any kind of sickness or anything like that you need deliverance from any kind of disorder or addiction that can all be taken care of Right here tonight before you leave this place. Amen. Be sure and be here Sunday. God bless you. You are dismissed. Does it seem hot in here? It is hot.